She searched and searched and searched, but could not find a job that would bring her joy and fulfillment. So what did she do? She started her own company. Adina Silberstein learned how to turn her passion for animals into a business that is off the beaten path, but one that brings her joy and fulfillment. Let's find out how she did it. Episode number 122 starts right now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, and I'm Jeff Litnikoff with Adina Silberstein, and she's the founder, president, and CEO of the award-winning Northwest Philadelphia-based professional pet sitting and dog walking company, Queenie's Pets. She's also an entrepreneur and business coach and an EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System Implementer. I can't wait to learn more about that. And she specializes in processes, organizations, company, culture, and business strategy. Wow, that's a lot. Adina, I'm going to bring you into the conversation now. And uh, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, it's great to have you. And I gave a brief of your bio, but I'd love to hear your story of how Queenie's Pets came to be and your view of entrepreneurship and uh, anything else you'd like to share. Welcome to the show. The floor is yours. Okay, so I guess, you know, the day that I was born, I'm going to go way back for you for a second here, but the day that I was born was during a major blizzard in upstate New York, and so I had to spend a little extra time in the hospital because my aunt took my parents a little time to come home, and uh, they were running the, the Super 8 camera as my dad was carrying me in through the blustering winds and the, you know, blowing snow still in the air three days later. And the very first image that was taken of me is wrapped in about five or more blankets and my dad coming in the door and our 90 or so odd pound German shepherd standing on her hind legs and licking my face. And honestly, that set the tone for the rest of my life. (laughs) I'm obsessed with dogs. Frankly, it, it took me until I was much older when I lived on my own to learn that I'm also obsessed with cats because my mom's allergic to them. We couldn't have them when I was growing up. So dogs, cats, but really, honestly, anything that is just a living creature, I just uh, I just love. So I was passionate my whole life and always doing things. You know, when I was a kid, I would volunteer at shelters and adoption days and things like that. I would. I did a summer internship program at the Philadelphia Zoo. Just so many different opportunities throughout my life. And I knew that I did not want to be a veterinarian. Not only did I not want to do the math, but I just knew that I didn't want to see the blood, the, you know, the, the ickiness, the death, and the illness. I wanted to just be around animals with love. And growing up, you know, in the, in the 80s, that wasn't, that wasn't really a thing. Um, you know, you were a veterinarian or you didn't work with animals really. I mean, maybe a groomer, I I don't know. And, uh, so, you know, I went to school, I 
everyone thought I was going to be an attorney or a politician of some sort because uh, I'm very opinionated. And <laughs> I just, you know, I, I just couldn't quite hone exactly in. And so I just started pet sitting to help myself get through college. And I went to college in Washington, D.C. So some of my clients were dignitaries of different sorts, state senators and so forth. And the thing about that group of people is that um, trust is hard to come by and you're letting someone into your home. You're letting someone care for you know, your babies in some senses. And there's a lot of trust involved. And so once one person trusts you, the word spreads. So I had a great business in college and it sort of continued as a side gig. I, I moved to New Orleans. I was a teacher in New Orleans, realized that it was not my thing, but continued to be a pet sitter in New Orleans. Moved back to Philly, continued to be a pet sitter. Went into the restaurant industry, continued to be a pet sitter. And finally in 2005, which was about uh, was that, eight years after I graduated from college, I realized that you know I was in the food industry. I was doing fine dining and catering and um, sales, and it just wasn't my future. It was what I knew. It, I, I was good at it. I liked it, but my heart wasn't in it. And I had a friend who was a professional dog walker, and he said to me, you know, you can make actual money doing this. And I didn't believe him. And he said, I dare you to try it. And so I quit my job and I had 23 side gig clients. And in three months of opening my business, I had 60 clients. And it's just grown ever since then. And my passion for animals just never dies. And I'm always learning more and growing and my company, you know, I opened my company in 2006. And so now here we are 14 years later. And I never expected I was going to be a CEO. I never expected I was going to be any, like a, a quote unquote business lady. I, I've always been in the humanities. I've, I'm the daughter of two social workers. And yet it turned out that my passion for animals and my belief in we can make the lives of pets and their humans better all the time through incredible pet care and immaculate customer service has developed me into a businesswoman. And I love, 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 love the business side of things. So over, over the years, I, I've grown my team and allowed them to do all of the caregiving aspects and step back from that. Every now and then I dip my toe back in for fun. And now, you know, it's the data that I love. It's the metrics. It's the big, you know, what we call an EOS, big ideas, big relationships. And uh, it's just, you know, the trajectory of my life I'm very grateful for. And it's been wonderful. So my passion for animals is what fuels everything that Queenie's Pets does. And my passion for integrity all throughout no matter what I do, whether it's about the business side of things or the people side of things or the pet side of things is what carries me through in teaching others and in coaching others to be excellent business owners, no matter the industry they're in. I'd love you to speak to the business owners right now or the prospective business owners, I should say, 
because we are, as we record this, it's June 2020. And of course, as people know on this podcast, there's always about a four or five month delay before between interview or at least a four or five month delay in between interview and airing. So we are right now in the midst of a lot of change going on. And there's going to be a lot of businesses developed that maybe people hadn't conceived of. In in your case, like you had never imagined, as you said, a child growing up in the 80s that dog walking was going to be your full-time business at some point. So maybe talk to people now that are maybe on the cusp of a burgeoning business of their own that they may not even realize that they're on the cusp of it. And maybe you could offer some advice to them as to how to navigate that. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, we are in a time that none of us even imagine what three months ago, let alone a lifetime ago or, or, you know, just as we're growing up thinking we'd be in in the place that we're in. So a lot of people are reevaluating what do I really want? What do, what's really important? And so no matter what station you're in, whether you are a budding entrepreneur, whether you are a very seasoned entrepreneur, you're learning things about yourself and your priorities that are going to retool what direction you go in. And I think that the best thing that I can say is that your gut is, should really negotiate, excuse me, navigate where you go. You, not to say that you should dump thousands of dollars into what you just think is a good idea. You know, you need to plan and investigate and do the research and do a business plan and make sure that it's more than just a good idea, that it is a viable business. But the world is changing and it changed almost overnight for us. And so what you're passionate about can become a reality. You know, check to see who else is doing it. Check to see who's doing it well and don't just copy them, but emulate them and start to do good research, meet good people who are doing the right thing. And I think there's so many times where we can just Google something and think that, this is the answer. And there needs to be a little bit more research to make sure that what you're looking to do has people who are doing it with integrity. And, and, and that's, you know, that word is a guiding force for me. And that is what I would say to anybody who's thinking, Hey, I'm, I might want to start a business or I might want to start a side business, whatever it is, just no matter what, just approach it with integrity. And if you do that, the success will follow. All right. Well, we have just a few minutes left before we head into the last few questions here, but maybe some more advice for entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs or even people in the business world right now, those are working in corporations. EOS sounds to me, entrepreneurial operating system, sounds to me like it can benefit anyone in business. And maybe you can spend a few minutes in talking about that and address that particular area of your expertise and how that can maybe help people listening. Sure. So the entrepreneurial operating system is based, there's a book by Gino Wickman called Traction and the EOS the entrepreneurial operating system really takes the book traction and brings it to life. 
and you bring it into your business. It's ideal for a business that has between 10 and 250 employees, but it can be used for businesses that are smaller. It can be used for businesses that are quite a bit bigger. It's just that that's the ideal scenario. Revenue stream doesn't matter. It has to do with just sort of how your team is set up. And it sets in place not only a leadership team, but a a set of ways of doing things. And the primary idea is vision, traction, healthy. So the idea is that they say a vision without traction is hallucination. And so what many of us might have a great idea, but it has no teeth to it. And when you get traction, when you dig your, really dig your nails into your ideas and put forth a very structured plan that you follow and follow up upon every single week and create plans and you work forwards and then go backwards. So in other words, you start way out ahead and you create a 10-year plan. From the 10-year plan, you create a three-year plan. From the three-year plan, you create a one-year plan. And then from the one year, you can then break the whole year down into quarters and you can go, oh, this is how I get this massive project done in a shorter amount of time. So it's a really, it's just an incredible system, lots of tools, lots of, and it's not just theory, it's actual tools that you can use and work through with your leadership team. So again, it's really ideal for a company that has a bit of a team. I've worked with, I've worked with companies where literally they are only a team of about three and up to teams that are about 50. Me personally, the the system is for, you know, a wide range. But at any rate, it's just tools that make you turn what could be messy into a very neat and organized system for success. Well, we're going to have all sorts of links to all sorts of things that we've talked about. And, of course, that's going to be in your resource section as well. I cannot not mention that you have rescues of your own. You live with your husband <laughs> in Philly, and you got Roddy Scotty, Melodrama. Those are your dogs. And your cats are Mouse, yeah. Zizzy, Snacks, and my favorite, Brucey Marbles. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's well, your... that's good. Don't tell my other cats, but Brucey Marbles is my favorite, too. <laughs> okay, that's good. Our uh, my, Your secret is safe with me. But in addition, in addition to the resources that we have are going to provide for people. What are some other things that you think might inspire folks listening? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are some key books that everyone should have under their belt, whether they do it in audio version or they sit and read it. But some really key entrepreneurial books are, for example, Patrick Lencioni's The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Traction by Gino Wickman. I would be a fool not to mention that. Almost any book by Simon Sinek, those are just some of the ones that just really work for me. Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. So, you know, I'm, I'm really, really big on business books because they're just, they end up linking you even further. You, you talked about putting links for resources and you end up reading one book, which leads you to read to another. And they end up kind of like all meshing together and making a big picture make more sense. You know, finally, I think I would be remiss if I didn't also mention the incredible resource that Athena has been to me. I was an Athena PowerLink 
participant in 2016 and just the program knocked my socks off and it was actually how I found out about EOS. One of the gentlemen on my panel was one of the original EOS implementers and he helped turn the entire life of my business around by implementing EOS. So I really want to mention that and a brief hats off to the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program of which I'm also a graduate. So both of those are just incredible resources. Well, we definitely do not mind an Athena plug on an Athena International <laughs> podcast. So that's great. Thank you. Well, I'm going to have you make sense of the entire podcast. Of course, this podcast has made total sense and I've really enjoyed having you on this week. But uh, let's wrap it up and put a bow on it by handing the mic over to <laughs> you and allowing you to address the audience with whatever you would like to talk about. So, Adina, I'm going to hand the mic over to you and give you the floor once again. Great. So Queenie Pets makes the lives of pets and their humans better. And we do that by viewing pets as whole beings. They need social, emotional, and physical needs met. And so that's the angle that we take. And one of the reasons why I am a business coach. And one of the reasons why I strive to be an industry leader as well is because, you know, a lot of times people said to me, oh, you're a dog walker. That's so cute. Or you own a dog walking company. Neat. And diminish what we do as true professionals. And what we do is very, very different from anyone who is doing a one-off walk from an app. And it does take a lot of training to understand animals and to understand no matter what industry you're in, doing it with true professionalism. And so there's, you know, for example, there's a very big difference between hiring someone who puts their phone number on a telephone pole saying, I clean houses, to hiring house cleaners who work for a bigger company. There's all sorts of protections that come with it. There's all sorts of just people have a lot of accountability that's different. And so the same is true in the industry of, of pet care. I think the other thing that I would love to have your listeners know is that it can be really, really, really lonely to be an entrepreneur. So whether you reach out and have a business coach who, you know, some of the people I coach tell me they want to lie on my business couch and cry to me because no one else really understands. And so having a network is you know, going back and tying it back into resources, having a network of other entrepreneurs, whether you meet with them online or you join a chamber of commerce or something, have people who understand you and can help you through problems. Don't try to figure everything out yourself because I did. And until I got a real community, it was really rough. So I just, what I want people to know the most and take away the most is again, do everything you do with integrity, recognize people as professionals in their field, whether they are pet professionals, whether they do hair, whether they are house cleaners or painters, recognize the difference between people who do what they do by sticking a sign on the telephone pole versus they've started a company, they're paying taxes, they're paying insurance, they're hiring people, they're training them and so forth. And I think, I think I'll, I'll leave it there. That's a great way to leave it, and certainly the folks that engage with Queenie's Pets can be sure that, as you say, 
you're going to make the lives of the pets and their humans better. And you definitely made the lives of the listeners better by contributing <laughs> to this podcast. So thank you so much, Adina Silberstein, of course, founder, president, and CEO of the award-winning Northwest Philadelphia-based professional pet sitting and dog walking company, Queenie's Pets. And of course, you do so much more than that. Again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. And I would be, I need to also mention that our pivot due to COVID is that we are also a full service pet food and pet supply delivery company. So we're kind of like Chewy, except you keep your money local and we deliver anything to people's homes, anything they need related to pets. Oh, that's great. We will definitely have the link up for that as well. And again, Adina, thank you. Thank you. Technology has always moved at a rapid pace, but it seems like that pace has really picked up in the era of COVID-19. Our next guest, Marilee Orsini, is someone that thrives in this era simply because she has always embraced technology and how weaving the latest and greatest advances into your organization can really help you. One of the eight Athena leadership principles is learn constantly, and Marilee certainly does that. Let's hear a preview of her talk for next week as she details how important it is to stay curious about technology and the advances that technology can bring to your organization. My very first job out of college was as a programmer and then a systems analyst. So I started into computers early. That was when IBM mainframes had to be in huge air-conditioned rooms. And so I learned the basics of technology early. I've always, though, and I would recommend to anyone, it's a, a the curiosity level of how can things be done better will oftentimes lead you to technological solutions. One of the advances we want for this podcast is more listeners. That's where you come in. One of two things you can do to help us grow. First of all, rate and review the podcast. Two, share the podcast. Even if you can't do either one because you're pressed for time, we appreciate you listening. You are a very important part of what we do. And thank you very much. We will see you next week.